This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right, before we get into this week's episode, a big thank you to our sponsors, The Week Junior, the very best magazine for kids, if I might say so myself. My kids love it. It's filled with the latest news from around the world, incredible stories and mind-blowing facts. And my favourite fact from the latest issue is this. Did you know that since filming David Attenborough, since he started his filming, Mm. several animals have gone extinct. No. Yes. Which is, we don't think it happens, right? Some of them include the golden toad. Right. Yeah. I love the golden toad. <laughs> well, you'll, you, you'll love the mouth brooding frog. Oh, even not more. the mouth brooding frog. Absolutely gone. Oh. And giant tortoise from the Galapagos Islands. No. Yeah. All the, extinct in, in his lifetime. The giant tortoise? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm gutted about that. Yeah. I could have sworn I saw some at London Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be a specific type, is I it, presume. Or is it in the wild? Yeah, yeah, maybe in the wild and specific. Right. But the d- point is, extinction is happening all around us. It's a very um, it's a very important fact, that. And that's what you get from the Wheat Junior. Can I do a fact? Yes. Okay, how about this fact? Did you know that Americans spend £16 billion just on chocolate alone every year? <laughs> 16 billion. It's not million, it's billion. Yeah, so there's 300 million. So how many in population? Oh, don't get me to do maths. So how many 300 millions go into 16 billion and then you can work out how many chocolate bars that each person has? Hi, can I speak to Carol Vorderman, please? Yeah, I'm having a bit of a problem on the podcast. Yeah, okay, okay, thanks, cheers. But it is that kind of thing, like the Wheat Juniors filled with like real mind-blowing facts and they're presented in a way that your kids are going to love and here's the best bit. You can sign up and get six free issues. And you'll get all of these facts. Go to theweekjunior.co.uk forward slash dadsnet hyphen 23 to get your six free issues. That link will also be in the description. A Dadsnet original podcast. Oh, we've got a fantastic guest with us today, mate. I love the way that you talk and yawn. It was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Jinx, one, two, three, black cats. That's what Ted <laughs> <laughs> Turn around, touch ground, touch wind. That's, that's what Ted does with me all the time. Um, Lenny Henry, then. We've got Lenny Henry on the show. I mean, he's he's British royalty. Really, he is. Isn't he? You know, he's absolutely iconic. I, I didn't realise how long he's been on our screens and yeah. doing stuff and children's TV originally yep. but in like the 80s this is kind of like he's been doing this longer than I've been alive yep. 
And um, but yeah, so he's he, basically he's written a, a new children's book. He's got a series out, and we've got there's a new one that he's adding to it, um, the boy with wings. And it's and his writing is really good because his humour comes through in it. So it's almost like he's compiling his children's TV stuff yeah. with his comedy stuff and wow. then throwing it into a book. Nice mashup. But the, like you never know what you're going to get when you chat to these people. But he. I thought a bit like when we had David Grant, although we had much longer with David Grant, but you know, like when everything they say, you feel like you've got to unpack it a bit and like process it. I felt this interview was a bit like that with him. Okay. Cause also it's all about reading and writing and how we can inspire our kids and how we can support our kids to love reading, love writing, or to just do it, even if you don't love it, but actually just get get slightly inspired to learn to read better and, and learn to write better. So it feels like, which is obviously fundamental for every parent. Yeah. So it feels like everything he says in this, there's something you can take. I, f- I came away feeling quite inspired, actually, by, you know, to, to start reading with Ted. And, and I'm actually now reading his book with Ted. God, he had an impact on you, didn't he? He did have an impact. I thought he was, he was good, this guy. Let's listen and find <laughs> I mean, out. I mean, it's like, yeah, this guy's all right. He's like, well, it's Lenny Henry. Yeah. Like, what did you expect, Al? <laughs> Let's listen to the interview. Welcome to Dad's Nets podcast. Uh, as, as usual, I am Al, but as also usual, JK is not with us. And instead, we've got a special guest with us today. Um, national treasure, I would probably go as far as saying um, it is. <laughs> It is uh, Sir Lenny Henry. Welcome. Woo-hoo! And the crowd go wild. <laughs> How are you? Um, very well. I'm, I'm really... Um excited because we had publication day of my book this week and it's been um i don't want to underestimate for the listeners what it feels like to write something and then to have it come out yeah. it's been a wonderful week oh and i've been to i've been up to birmingham and i've been to the bath literary festival and had the best time so it's been great it's fantastic i mean i, I was just saying to you just before we, we press record that i'm a i'm a primary or ex-primary school teacher and um children's literature is something that I I really love and I can see it as such a fundamental part to children's development and, and, and growing up, but particularly from um, the reluctant boy reader kind of stereotype. And what I loved about your, your books in general, but actually, uh, you know, from my point of view, and I've had a quick look at the others, I've, I've read through um, the latest one, The Boy With Wings, Clash of the Super Kids. What I love is... <laughs> we do. We need to. I'll get some production on that. It's fine. <laughs> but it definitely seems to me to really appeal to those reluctant boy readers, and I wonder whether that was an intended thing. That's really good of you to say that. I think that um, I loved and I craved adventure when I was a kid. So from the age of eight, you know, anything with daring do and pirates and dinosaurs and and fast car chases and rockets and jets and volcanoes and people running away and zombies, that was me. So I always wanted to write books like that. All my stories, when I was doing an essay at school, it always had a dinosaur in it. There was always a pirate in it. There was always treasure, <laughs> even if it was geography yeah. <laughs> or maths. Suddenly there'd be some zombies who hated maths. You know, I always try to include weird stuff in there. So generally, I was basically 
somebody who was full of adventure. I've read a lot of books at Dudley Library. And um, I also read comics. I was a big fan of Spider-Man and Batman and The Flash and Superman and Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, The Eagle, Wizard and Chips. I was very much a comics kid. So if you smoosh all that together, that's me. So when it came to writing my own book, all of these things were applied. You know, the whole what if, what if he wasn't just some ordinary kid that was adopted? What about if his parents were aliens? What about if his parents were bird people? Suddenly there's all this imagination happening. And it's, um, I'm glad I'm like that. I've always been like that. I've always leaned into the surreal more than the straight. Yeah. So how, how do you narrow that down? Like imagination is, is unlimited, isn't it? It's like you just wherever you want to go, it goes. So how do you then narrow that, ba- that down into something that's coherent for 10-year-olds? Well, um, I made a map of the story. And uh, I've been telling this because 500 words is happening at the moment. And I'm one of the judges. And the kids keep asking me, well, what do I do? And I say, have an ending. You can't, you can't hit the target if you don't know where the target is. Yeah. Have an ending. They all lived happily ever after. They had a giant cake. The dinosaur became their friend. Have an ending. And then just work your way, because it's always about the journey, right? Yeah. Work your way towards the ending that you've got. And try and have a beginning and a middle and an end, or a beginning, middle and end. As long as you've got those three things, you're off to the races. So I make a map. And then I really trust my editor to tell me, if it's working or not. <laughs> Sometimes I rewrite whole sections because she goes, really? And I go, well, I just thought she goes, <laughs> she does that look and I go, okay, I better do this again. So I really listen to my editor who I really trust, Samantha Smith, and we, until we're happy, until we're both happy. And then Keenan reads it. And if Keenan rings me in the middle of the night, I know because he's in New York, I know there's a problem, but he hasn't done it yet, touch wood. But uh, between us all, we, we kind of, um, we have each other's backs. Yeah. No, uh, it's great advice. Like I think, you know, that takes, actually takes me back to the, 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 the days of teaching where, um, we were doing that. We, we did the 500 words challenge and, and competition in school. And it's the same sorts of things. And when I think when you hear, you know, pro authors like yourself writing in the same way as we're, we're teaching the, our children to, to also write, it aligns something in their head. And, and I guess, I guess like, like, the question that I want to ask as well is how do we inspire children to write more? And this is in an age where tech and screens is just off the chart. How do we get kids back to writing stories from their imagination and, and loving wanting to do that? Well, I think this is to do with teachers really. And also the tools of it. I think if you give them the tools, they'll do the job. So learning about using your imagination, keeping a journal, um, writing stories, free writing, um, making them realise they can write about anything they want. It's it's not just what I did on my holidays, but your, your writing can be about anything, anytime, anywhere, underwater, in space, climbing a mountain, you know, flying a jet. Your story can be about whatever you love. Give them the thrill of writing about the things they love rather than setting an essay where they have to do as they're told. You know, they can write about anything and they've got to use your imagination. Come up with six what-ifs. What if my dad was a grapefruit? What if I lived next door to a a, a badger? What if I shrunk down to being a, a quarter of an inch tall? What if I was the leading scorer of a football team? What if, you know... What if I had my own band? What about if we were the biggest band in the smallest place in the world? You know, give them lots of choices and let them do what they want in the end. Yeah. Um, 
and tell them, but make sure you have an ending and see what happens. I bet you that will change everything. Yeah. And if, if the, and the stories will be funny and moving and charming and, you know, you'll be rich. I do think teachers are the key here. If I had a teacher called Mr. Brooks, who was a science teacher, who literally found the button on my head and went click and made me go, <gasps> made me think that I could achieve something, made me think I could do something, Ma- said to me, you're funny, you should do this. Mm. And teachers are there. And I know you're doing a lot of marking and I know you're tired and I know you're doing all these classes all day, every day. And it's like Robin Williams improvising for nine hours at a time. But, you know, if there's a kid who is witty, and I met a kid the other day called Preston who was at um, Birmingham, and I said, okay, what's the superpower? Because I'll I'll try and get him to make up a story. What would this character's superpower be? And he said he'd have the power to swim everywhere but not in water. And at the end of it, all the kids were going, Preston, Preston, (laughs) Preston, Preston. It was brilliant. It was so funny. Amazing. It is unlocking that. Um, It's unlocking that, like you said. And and it's, I mean, it's amazing how you were able to trace back your career to the one teacher who was able to unlock that. And and presumably that was into the, into comedy as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to do, um, it's give me the tools and I will do the job. He had a tape recorder in the back of the science lab which me and Graham Willits were allowed to use to make little radio shows like The Goon Show. Oh, he's falling in the water. We had, we did all of that. And we did Frank Spencer and we did the Flintstones and we did Top Cat, the individual Top Cat. We did that. We did all the voices and we made little tapes. We played them to our friends and they laughed. And um, shortly after that, I did an audition for New Faces, which was like Britain's Got Talent, but in the 70s. Um, worst teeth, terrible clothes. And then um, the minute I'd done the audition for New Faces, Mr. Brooks just said, well, you can use the lab for anything you want as long as you don't make a mess and you respect the um, respect the, the equipment. And so it was great. I was allowed to try out material in the lab. I was allowed to listen back to myself doing voices and I was allowed to try and get better. And then I was asked to host the school show there was a cabaret where everybody did a turn and I was asked to be the compare. And this was me on a very steep learning curve from the time I was 15 and a half to the time I left school at 16. I'd done quite a lot of things. And I think teachers are the key to all of this. So, you know, God bless you. But if you think of, if you, if you can think of every child being a treasure trove and all they need is somebody to go, do you know what? You can do this. Boy, You'll be you'll be so surprised. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's exactly right. The potential in the next generation coming through, and and you know, as as parents as well, and as teachers, we we we'd have to unlock it. What um, uh, how much did your? I tell you what, I'll come back to that. What I was going to say was, what about parents? Like, where do you see a parent's role in unlocking that as well? I mean, and I say that actually, a lot of teachers spend more time with the children than sometimes the parents when they're working long hours or, or whatever the situation. But what my parents, my parents didn't read to me. Um, there were no books in our house. My auntie Pearl took me to Dudley library and made me sign up. So I signed up because of my auntie, not because of my mom and dad. Mm. I remember there was a very long journey from Dudley to Birmingham, which is about 12 miles, which is far for a kid. And, um, my auntie Pearl bought me four comic books to read on the journey. And um, all of these things add up. Kids need to be encouraged to read. Mm. It's kind of a, 
I love books. You know, I've got books here. I've got books all over my house. Um, but when I was a kid, books were a rarity and came from the library or you had books at school. So for me to be in a position when I've got my own daughter, you know, we adopted a daughter in 1991 um, and we made a vow to read to her every single, she got used to being read to. And as a result, she ended up loving reading. Yeah. She loved to read. And I think that's it. Kids will do what their parents do. So I think it's kids and teachers, really. Parents need to be part of it too. It can't just be, there you go. See you at five o'clock. It's got to be, but what are mom and dad going to do? Yeah. And so, you know, I did, all, I did homework every other day with my daughter. I sat with her and went through what she was supposed to be doing. And I think it's any parent worth their salt will want to make sure their kid's getting through school in a way that's going to satisfy the, the boundaries of what school is providing. Mm. And reading is kind of the most enjoyable thing. You know, parent reading to their kids is great. Doing all the voices, ah, Harry Potter, come in. You know, hello, sir. You know, <coughs> you know, Harry, are you all right? You know, all the voices. Yeah. Do all the voices. Make all the sound effects. Kids love even, that. Even if the voice is not quite as good as you've just said. Even if the voices are rubbish. <laughs> even if you're not even fried. Yeah. Please, please make your kids laugh by doing all the voices. I know. I got called out fairly recently for doing a voice for a character, and then I got it wrong the next time I did that character. <laughs> and he said, that's not a right voice, Daddy. So, you know, even if you mess up. The audio book. <laughs> have to play it for me again. You remember the character spoke like this, Lenny, and not like what you're doing now. Yeah. But yeah. Have fun. Parents need to, you know, have fun when you're reading the books to the kids because they want to see mum and dad trying it out, you know. Yeah. You know, once upon a time, you're the narrator, you're the little boy or the little girl, you're the monster, you're the bad guy. You can you can embody all of these characterizations. With I know I'm, you know, I'm an actor, so I'm, I can do this, but it's really good fun to hear people who are not professionals doing this. It's the funniest thing. And that's when kids come to school and go, my dad's a weirdo. He did this voice. <laughs> Yeah. my mom's an odd person she did this you know it's fun you can have a lot of fun yeah. doing to reading these stories to your kids and then you can say to them just read half a page you read to me now and you do all the voices yeah. and just see what it's like you know and get them involved and, and and the latest book as well um that fun element really comes through and i and i i'm assuming i could be wrong but i'm assuming that your comedy uh your comedy is what's uh, influencing a lot of the way you write. But just for example, or, um, and we can come back to that, you know, you've got a lot of, um, the text kind of in bold and a lot of sound effects and the thuds and the kabooms and the whatever else. And I'm just pizzazz. I'm just picking some out here at, at random. And, and it feels like even if you're a little unconfident as a, as a dad or, or mum doing those voices, it's here in this book kind of for yeah. you. Like just shout out the, the words in bold. Like that's all you got to do. Yeah, 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 you, you, you kind of, you, you know, spang, bang, bang, wang, dang, flang, bang, sting, make all the noises, make all the noises because it's funny, and the, the, it's just to kind of give you a guide in yeah. the book as to where you should be. So the words are in different fonts; they're emboldened, they're enlarged, and you know they fall out of a tube and make a noise when when they land. And I think it is. Wham, bam, flang, badang, splang, badoof, fabida, fabida, flang. <laughs> and I think it's funny. It makes me laugh. You know, every single joke in the book is there because it made me laugh when I was writing it. And I tell the children, 
that I do write in my pajamas, eating hobnobs and laughing at my own jokes. And I think it's really, I think it's really important that the kids get that. The kids get that this is somebody having the time of their life writing a story for them. Yeah, absolutely. D- does does your comedy influence your writing? Like, it's, it's yeah, sure, yeah. of course. You know, my partner Lisa says, you know, not everything's funny, and I'm like. You sure about that? <laughs> Depends who's saying it, surely. <laughs> Are you sure about that? You know, in the books from the very beginning, um, Tundi's dad always tells jokes. And uh, I just find it funny that he tells jokes. And then when Tundi's talking to his friends, he remembers the dad's his joke his dad told him. And then um, when he's in this place called The Complex in London, he tells his new friend Headspace some jokes his dad told him and it bonds them. You know, jokes as a as a shield and a sword to protect you and also to show people that you're a decent person. So jokes have a purpose in the books. They're used to relax people, to get you get people on side. And I, I like that. And humor in all of my books is a big thing. In in um in You Can Do Anything Tyrone there's humor. You know, I try and there's a visual aspect of the jokes. When they go to Jamaica there's a fantasy, of course, of Tyrone being in a, in a reggae band with his granddad. You know, there's a teddy bear who ends up in the weirdest places and you've got to watch out for where the teddy bear is. So I try and get humour all over the books because I think kids like jokes and it's like, where's Wally? Where's the joke? You know, when they get one, there should be a sense of satisfaction. Yeah. You, you, you want to you wanna hear the child during their silent reading session at school snigger. That's what you want. Yeah, uh- yeah, yeah, you want to... <laughs> You want to have that. I was reading a book yesterday and laughing, laughing to myself. And that's the loveliest thing. You want that thing of not wanting it to end as well. Yeah. My favourite thing about a book is slightly slowing down the reading so that you can you don't finish it quite as quickly as you were going to. Oh, no, there's 20 pages left. I must now read like this. <laughs> Great. Or just reread those few pages quite. Oh, rereading a book. And like leaving it for a month and then just starting all over again. Yeah. In case you missed stuff. Um, I don't want to put well, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but speaking as a from a comedian and a dad, you must have a, a fairly wide, diverse range of dad jokes. Have you got any that you can share? Um I mean there are more yeah. spare at the moment, but if you did have any. Yeah. I, I mean they're all stolen from uh, the comedian, oh. so forgive me if you know I went to the doctor the other day. I said, I brought my arm in three places. He said, don't go to those places. (laughs) I went to the doctor again. I said, my brother thinks he's a dog. He said, well, bring him in, get him on the couch, and I'll talk to him. He said, he's not allowed on the couch. (laughs) I went to the chip shop late at night. I said, have you got any chips left? He said, yes. I said, you shouldn't have made some money then, should you? Knock, knock. Who's who's there? The interrupting sheep. The interrupting sheep. (laughs) (laughs) classic it's a classic although it was an interrupting cow when i children have told me in the last several weeks children are telling me jokes and what parents are doing is they're going they're whispering into their child's ear tell him this joke and i swear to god i heard the other day why does a squirrel swim on its back to keep its nuts dry (laughs) from this five-year-old kid and i looked at the dad and i said shame on you <laughs> do, not, do not arm your children with rude jokes. <laughs> Fantastic. But then you get very sweet jokes. Then you get very sweet jokes. And I love I love the sweet jokes as well. Yeah. 
Why did the skeleton not go to the party? Because he had nobody to go with. Come on. He can't beat them. You actually can't beat them. These are little kids. It's great. It is good. So um, the boy with wings, obviously um, kind of one of three that you've already got. That's right. The first one, Tundi gets his powers and realises that he has a, a lot of responsibility and he can't just use his powers to get to the front of the pictures. He's got to use his powers for good. So he has these magnificent wings and he has superpowers. And what's great is his friendship with his friends, Nerv and Kylie and Gia and Dembe, has taught him not to be a bully. So there's all of this. It's not a kind of finger-waggy message, but he's learned how not to use his powers for evil, but for good. Yeah. And then yeah. in the second book, we see him a bit further down the road. And there's a new kid at his school called Artie Fisher um, who has taken it upon himself to look after Tundi for some reason. And uh, Tundi hates it, hates that this new kid is funnier than him, has better jokes, can run quicker, is a better footballer. Tundi hates it. And it transpires that Artie Fisher has a secret. And, uh, and it winds up with a giant robot attacking the school. And um, Tundi has to save the day again. And then in the third book, this one, um, all his mates go to the best adventure playground in the universe. And Tundi can't go because he's got to go to London on a train to meet a scientist from America who's interested in superpowered kids. And uh, Tundi gets to meet some other kids who also have superpowers. There's a tree called Clarafil. She can talk. There's a bloke from Doncaster called Backflash mm. who can make things make time go backwards, but only 30 seconds because he's only 12. Uh, there's a girl called uh, Simulate who can copy people's powers, um, but only for uh, like uh, maybe 20 minutes. And um, there's a girl called Yeti who's 20 feet tall who can shrink down to half an inch tall, you know, and Tundi gets to meet him. And this is my homage, obviously, to the Avengers and to the Fantastic Four and the Justice League of America. These, these books kind of saved my life when I was a kid. So I wanted to give kids who like reading or who are just getting into reading a sense of a more kid-friendly Avengers Assemble moment where these kids overcome a great problem and Tundi becomes a kind of a leader. Um, even when, he, you know, there's a moment when their powers get switched off, Tundi kind of goes, well, actually, why don't we just use our wits to get through this? What can we all do that will help us you know, overcome this. And of course, in the course of the book, you know, I'm not spoiling anything, but through Tundi's leadership and through working together, they do overcome these things. And you want to make sure in in books, Lord of the Rings, you know, the Narnia books, they're all books when good conquers evil. So I try to make sure that good always conquers over evil in, in the books. And because I, I think only fair. Kids love that. They do. And, and I mean, it's tried and tested over, over centuries of, of story writing. But do you think that um, you try to pack in some really strong messages within the books, you know, the moral of the story, but actually not just like good at good beats evil, but actually more things about leadership and about using your skills and your talents for positive reasons and stuff? Can I just say, when you're writing, and I don't know what Roald Dahl or or um, Nadia Shawin would say, but it feels to me like theme comes later. So you don't know what you've written until you read it back. So I'll get to the very end of the book and I'll go, oh, this Tundi shows leadership here. And they all have to work together to beat this bad guy. 
And so it's teamwork and it's being a leader. Mm. That's clearly what the theme is. But I literally don't know until I get to the end. And often when you're writing a film or a, or a television show, what they will say to you is, we'll deal with the theme later. Because we have no, unless you're doing some kind of docu-film, in which case the theme's probably been set out before you can even think about it. But when you're writing for adults or for children, the theme comes later. Mm. And then you, when you're doing your rewrite, you can do your revisions based on what you've discovered the theme to be. Yeah, and make it stronger and pull it out. Yeah, make, yeah. make, it, make, it, make, it, make it pull the story through as you're going along. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. I mean, it's amazing. I, I would really recommend if anyone, um, yeah, well, sh- everyone should be looking for, for more books for, to read to their kids or for their kids to read. So I would highly recommend anyone listening to check out all of the Boy With Wings books from Lenny Henry, um, the latest <laughs> one, Clash of the Super Kids. Do you think this <laughs> might be... <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll leave a gap. You've got to say, dan, dan, dan. Do you, do you think uh, there might be some more adventures for Tunde later on? I really hope so, because I've grown to... Every time I put on my writing pyjamas, I really You're not joking, the, are you? You actually no, you no, have no, writing no. pyjamas. I know. I, can, I spent 20 minutes talking to you, and I know that's real. i got writing pyjamas. i got a writing hat. <laughs> i got writing gloves. i got writing, I got writing biscuit jar. Look at this. There it is. Fantastic. And what biscuits are in there? Hobnobs. Well, there's there's um, two cupcakes there at the moment, but usually there's jammy dodgers. Although jammy dodgers can be a bit wet when you eat them. So I like um, uh, digestives and rich tea. And I, I do like a Jaffa cake. But is it a cake or a biscuit? Oh, know. Who knows? It sounds like a solid biscuit game you've got going on there, though. Yeah, so I do like a biscuit. Try not to eat too many because... I don't want to get too high a sugar rush. Sure. You know, that can be, that's a 5,000 word a day day. <laughs> yeah, maybe when you've got a, dead, a deadline to hit. <laughs> he wrote a lot of words that day. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, as I say, check out the book. We'll make sure there's a link in the description, in the show notes. And um, if, you're, if you're watching any of these clips on social, then uh, there'll be links to buy there. But you can search for The Boy With Wings, presumably all good bookstores and, and most places online as well, I, I presume. Clash of the Super Kids. Dun, dun, bam, dun. bam, bam. Tundi Wilkinson is back, the boy with wings. Fantastic. Lenny, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute yeah, honour. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And um, tell the other guy he missed something. So, you know. I will. I will. A Dad's Net original podcast.